Hello, everyone, and welcome to All Things Episcopal, where we talk about everything and anything related to the Episcopal Church. This podcast was designed with young people in mind, so ages specifically 18 to 39. And it's a place to learn more about the Christian faith, um, specifically through the Episcopal lens. With this podcast in particular, we're going to offer a variety of ways to learn about the Episcopal Church. Some of these learning opportunities will come through conversations and interviews, sermons, and the reading of the daily office. We'll talk a little bit about that. We also want you to know that while we love our clergy, we also cherish the ministry of the laity. The laity, as our Book of Common Prayer says, is to represent Christ and His Church, to bear witness to Him wherever they are, and according to the gifts given to them, to carry on Christ's work of reconciliation in the world, and to take their place in the life, worship, and governance of the Church which is why we have laity represented in the planning and production of this podcast, along with clergy. We also deeply care about this podcast being a representation of the whole body of Christ, which means you're going to hear from a diverse group of voices. So in traditional Episcopal greeting fashion, the Lord be with you. And also with you. And also with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to All Things Episcopal, where we talk about anything and everything related to the Episcopal Church. In today's episode, we will be discussing personal and corporate piety. Uh, But before we dive into that, let's go around the table of who's joining in our conversation today. And first up, we'll start with Claire. Hey, friends. Um, You've heard my voice a lot. Um, My name is Claire. My preferred pronouns are she, her, and I have the privilege of serving as a lay minister to youth, college, and young adult students um, at Grace and Holy Trinity Cathedral in Kansas City, Missouri. Father Joe? Uh, Yeah, hi. uh, I'm Father Joe Peterjock. I am the rector of Grace Episcopal Church in Carthage, Missouri. And uh, this voice you hear uh, from the beginning is Father Colin, and I am uh, the Associate Rector at Grace Carthage. Um, And so happy to have Father Joe with us today to talk about piety. Um, So if you find yourself in an Episcopal church on any given day of the week or, or a Sunday, you may notice folks moving their bodies up and down in pews like it's some sort of aerobics or You may notice folks making a sign of the cross three times at the gospel proclamation. Folks might be kneeling in silent prayer prior to the service beginning. Uh, One Episcopal church in the same city as another might have an opportunity to pray the rosary prior to mass, whereas the other may not. Both are Episcopalian, held in together in common prayer, but also expressing their spirituality and devotion and reverence for God in, in their own way. The Right Reverend Pierre Whelan, who is the former Bishop of the Convocation of Episcopal Churches in Europe, describes piety as the pursuit of an ever greater sense of being in the presence of God. Piety is expressed in our corporate worship and in our individual lives, whether that be through praying the daily office of morning and evening prayer, or having a spiritual director, or engaging in retreats. 
So many things can be acts of piety that we express that draw us closer to that ever greater sense of being in the presence of God. So uh, today we're going to do a, a short conversation exploring some of these things. Uh, we're going to explore some of these corporate expressions that we may encounter at worship or and or take a look at uh, what some of us use as our own acts of devotion and disciplines in our own lives. Uh, and, and, and with that being said, I'd like to just start with if we were to walk in uh, not having been associated with the Episcopal Church or any sort of liturgical church, you might find yourself uh, in that setting wondering, what are these people doing? Uh, why, why do they move their bodies in such a way? And why, why do they stand at certain times and kneel at others? Um, is there something about our corporate worship and the way we move our bodies that uh, is important? You, what do you think, Father Joe? Well, yeah, you know, the, the common line that was often used and said by our liturgics professor in seminary was, you know, um, our body, right, and the way that we pray as Episcopalians, our praying shapes believing. And what he meant by that, right, is the motions of our body, whether we're standing or we're kneeling or if we're crossing ourselves, um, all of this is an act of, A, it's all an act of piety. None of it's required. Some of it is suggested, but, you know, nothing is required. But the idea is that our body physically entering into these motions also teaches and helps point our souls to God. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's. I think that's a wonderful way of, of of getting at the mark of what people might be thinking or trying to understand about what what they're seeing happening before them with all these other folks. Um, you know, so something that's not required, but some some could do it. And uh, we mentioned earlier at the start of the episode, um, you know, crossing yourself three times at the gospel proclamation. And what this is when we say this is there's comes a point in, in, in the Holy Eucharist when the gospel is proclaimed aloud by, by the deacon or the celebrant of the day. And, and they read from Holy Scripture, uh, the gospel, uh, whatever appointed for that day. And often as the gospel is proclaimed, it's the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to, you know, choose one of the four gospels and then um, oftentimes, though, as that's being said, you will notice people in an Episcopal church making the sign of the cross over their forehead, their lips, and over their heart. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what that what that means for people? Yeah. So, um, you know, traditionally, the the reason that folks would cross their foreheads, their lips, and their hearts, right, is it's a sort of a prayer. You know, asking God to put the words that you're about to hear right you know, help me keep them in my mind, help me, you know, speak them with my my lips, and then, you know, write them on my heart. Um, the gospel proclamation that we hear on Sunday is, you know, is always the story of Jesus, and Jesus is, you know, nine times out of ten giving us some sort of instruction in the gospel that we're reading. So it's an appropriate way to to pray, and again, it it's a sign to yourself physically, right, or corporately as, as a body when we do this that, oh, we're about to hear something that's a little bit more different or perhaps, um, you know, a little bit more special, I guess, if you will, um, 
of what we're about to hear now than what we've been hearing, um, you know, with the Old Testament, the epistle or the psalm. So, yeah, the, the crossing is just a, a way of, uh, or, you know, a form of praying that put this on my mind, you know, let it be what comes off my lips and, you know, write it on my heart. I think you touched on something uh, important there where, you know, this making the sign of the cross so, you know, so that it's in your mind and in your mouth and on your heart that, that while that may be an intensely personal and individual thing that, that we aspire for ourselves and, and for God to do it at, at work in our lives, we also recognize that when we watch everybody else in the room do it together, that there's almost this sense of being held accountable with one another, that we're, we're all agreeing that this, this being proclaimed to us here and in this moment, you know, that it be on all of our hearts, be on all of our minds, be in all of our mouths, and that, you know, we do this together just as much as we do individually living a life of faith, that it's also done as a community. And so, you know, these individual and, and corporate moments of, of pious acts or, or piety, um, they can, they can really communicate so much more than just what you're seeing, you know, right before you. Um, another instance of this could be uh, when at, during, also during the Mass, uh, just shortly after the Gospel portion of the, of the Eucharist, there's um, the, uh, we affirm our faith through the words of the Nicene Creed. Um, and you may notice that as people are going through the Nicene Creed, that some folks start to, to bow at certain parts, or they may kneel at another part. And one of those instances of kneeling is when uh, in the Nicene Creed, uh, we get uh, the, the incarnation story, basically, where Jesus is, is, is formed in the womb of his mother and made man. And... Uh, and what what is that communicating? Why 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 do we take the time to to kneel in this moment for something like that for a creed? Sure. So again, I can I just yeah. this is just going to be a random thing that I just want to say real quick too about Episcopal piety. That's that's sort of interesting. Is you know it's all based off the individual, right? So at this moment in the creed, if you want to kneel or bow, you are welcome to do that. If you choose not to, uh, you're welcome to do that too. As a priest, one of the things that I always ask of my congregants, right, is just know why you're doing what you're doing, right? Be able to explain it. Let it have meaning. Answering while I'm doing it because that's what everybody else does is is never a good answer. I mean, it's an answer, but but know what you're doing while you're doing it. So, But to get back to your question about the creed specifically while at the incarnation spot, like why here at Grace do we kneel? Um, because that's a, a, it's a way in which we humble ourselves, right? So kneeling in church began, um, especially back in the medieval ages, right? When you would kneel before the king or for your ruler as an act of humility. Um, and so the greatest, you know, the greatest gift that God ever gave us was coming down and taking on the flesh of humanity and the person of Jesus Christ. And so when we say that, of course, that's a humbling moment for all of us, right? I mean, in that moment, I hope all of our knees bend, at least if, if not physically, at least in our hearts, um, because this is, you know, that's a moment that we remember of, of God entering into the world. And I mean, if that doesn't humble you, I, I, I don't know what will. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, Claire, do you do you have anything you'd like to to add about corporate worship and, and piety that you may encounter or or anything like that? Yeah. So the word that comes to mind is reverence, to have deep respect for um, God and the the presence of holiness, um, and that informs why we do the things that we do. Um, and to give reverence to your creator, your redeemer, your sustainer throughout the service, um, to Father Joe's point, is a humbling act to remember that it is God and Christ and the Holy Spirit that we serve um, and in all facets of our life. Um, that is what it means to live sacramentally. Um, so, yeah, I, I tie it all back to reverence um and, and piety both corporately and personally but well, i think you, you you really start to allude to to where where we're going next and that is the sacramental life and it doesn't just happen in 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 worship with one another right like we're, we we go back out into the world from 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 this place that we just gathered in from from being fed and nurtured and, and raised up to do the good work that we've been given to do. And um, so these acts of piety and devotion, they don't just stop when you when you leave the doors of the church. It's not just something you do with one another, but it's things that you do in your own, your own personal life. Um, having a life of prayer, uh, you know, I know a lot of clergy, uh, one of their practices is to pray the daily office every day. Is it limited to clergy? Absolutely not. You know, I, I would hope everybody would want to pray the morning, you know, morning and in, 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 uh, morning and evening prayer, um, either on their own or with their family. Like what, a, what a beautiful act of piety, especially for a family. But, um, you know, what, what practices do you have, uh, Father Joe, that you would consider your personal acts of piety? Sure. Uh, so as a priest, obviously, right, part of our vows is that we'll pray the daily office and, um, so I, I do that, right? Because after all, that's when Thomas Cramner wrote the, you know, the prayer book, his intention was to make um, little lay monks out of the people of the Church of England. And so that's, you know, he took the Catholic um, uh, praying the hours and then, you know, sort of condensed that into the form that we have that's, you know, morning prayer, noonday prayer, evening prayer, and Compline. Um, so, you know, the idea is that your life is, is constantly centered around prayer. So the, praying the daily office from the Book of Common Prayer is something that's very important to me. Um, another personal uh, piety thing of mine is, um, you know, you can pray anywhere at any time in all ways, shapes, and forms. Um, you can say words, you cannot say words, you can draw, you can paint. All of those can be expressions of prayer. Um, I'm a little bit old school. Um, I have a kneeler at my house and a place that I like to kneel and to pray. Um, and so that is uh, what I do. And then I am, you know, as a uh, former Roman Catholic, one of the things that has always stuck with me is I love to pray the rosary. I carry one in my pocket all the time, constantly, everywhere I go. Um, and my fingers are constantly working those beats. Um, so I am a big proponent of, um, praying the rosary, which of course, you know, it's, a, it's a habit thing. Um, 
But of course, for me, you know, praying the rosary is nice because it helps me get into a rhythm of prayer. And then kind of once I'm in that rhythm, it's hard to explain, right? But I can sort of um, drift off into my own prayers with God while still going through this sort of um, formal work. So that's part of my um, personal piety that I do. Yeah. Wow. That's that's awesome. That's really great. Uh, Claire, do you, do you have any that, that you might want to share with people? Yeah, sure. Um, like Father Joe, I, I pray the daily office. Um, I, I too also pray the rosary. Um, and to be clear, when I say the rosary, I'm talking about the traditional rosary of like the Catholic rosary, not the Anglican beads, which are um, still a rosary of type of sorts, but it's different. Um, but I also keep a rule of life. Um, so I keep 20 to 30 minutes of complete silence each day um, to allow the spirit to move, to be able to better receive um, you know, things that are being communicated to me throughout the day, um, scripture that I've read, you know, just some breathing space. Um, and I also receive the Eucharist two to three times a week. Um, if I can receive it more than I will, <laughs> um, because to me, it's, it's a form of, you know, going back to talking about humility. Um, it's, it's a form of humility reconciliation, um, remembering that I am accountable to not only God, but also my neighbor. Um, and it's a remembering of the body of Christ, um, both those living and those that have um, risen in glory with God as well. So um, those are a few of mine. No, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Both of you, thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, I, I I pray the office. I, I switch back and forth between the the full office and the we also have in the Book of Common Prayer a, a, a shorter form for individuals and families. Uh, it just depends on where I find myself, which one I gravitate towards. Um, but both, I mean, both are great. Um, I'm also a big fan of of rule of lives. I think they, I think they can do some really good work for a lot of people, especially people who have a hard time of forming new, you know, disciplines and habits. A rule of life somehow. I mean, it's committing to a new habit, but it's hopefully committing to one habit to form many small habits that do some really good work in your life. Um, you know, I have a personal rule of life that, uh, you know, charity is one thing that I think is extremely important. You know, giving alms or or ensuring that you you, you tithe, or, and that's getting into another topic, but, you know, sticking to something that you find in, as an act of virtue or that is it, expression, is an expression of our faith, I think is important and often rule of life or, um, you know, finding these these different ways to live into our Christian faith, whether it be you know um, walking a labyrinth, uh, like like many will here soon for World Labyrinth Day, um, or uh, you know walking up and down the street and just picking up trash uh, along your along your road can be an incredibly pious act, even though it's so simple and it may not be something that you intended to be. You know, or, or started out with 
piety in the back of your mind, but you may end up finding yourself like entering into this sort of rhythm of prayer as you as you engage in these acts and and slowly and surely over time our our bodies and lives grow disciplined into this you know that's kind of like your comment father joe about thomas cranmer you know inadvertently creating little monks and nuns by the creation of the prayer book you know it when you start to live into this sacramental life both you know corporate and and, and individual it's amazing how it it will you know bleed over into so many aspects of your life where something so mundane yesterday tomorrow could be you know the next the next time you experience god if you want to put it that way um or or like bishop whalen said you know that ever greater sense of being in the presence of god and sometimes it comes across through you know very well-worn practiced ways of, of praying with beads or um you know, new ways that that come with the way the world is continuously changing, and I'm sure, I'm sure many years from now we'll have something totally new that's wildly popular, like like the Roman Rosary is. You know, um, and it's exciting to see those play out in each other's lives and in in people's lives. And I hope that I hope that folks just take the time to ask one another, well, what what's your act of piety? You know what? What are you doing that I could do? What I think it's an excellent opportunity to get to know one another better and to find new ways of living, you know, and expressing our spiritual lives um, as as Christians. So piety is an incredibly important thing. Uh, Claire, do you do you have something you want to say? Yeah, I I completely agree with all of that, and especially when you um, when you mentioned asking another person um, about their piety or, um, you know, personal practices. And um, it, it reminded me actually of um, something that my husband and I talk about. We always ask, like, what's the best part of your day? Um, rather than, like, how was your day? Oh, it's fine. Well, no, tell me more about what was going on, right? Um, so, what started out as a simple question of tell me what was the best part of your day started wrapping up into us doing the daily exam together. And from that, I started being able to see how God was moving in his life. And it was a, it's been a beautiful thing to witness because I'm not with him like eight to nine hours a day, or sometimes even more depending on the, the day of the week. Um, so to hear how God is moving in his life, um, is, it's a privilege and it's a a beautiful thing to see. I mean, we're in the Easter season right now. It's almost like a mini resurrection moment, like new life, new, new things are happening in someone else's life. Um, and hope abounds. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think that's, it's a beautiful thing that you bring up because, you know, I think oftentimes when if people hear or perceive the word piety, it's auto- automatically becomes this individual thing, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's only an individual thing to to be considered or, or, or an individual characteristic about somebody. And while that's true, right, it, it's it, it, it's it's partially true that piety is personal and that it's an individual characteristic about oneself. But it's also so deeply 
um, relational. You know, it's about care, how you carry yourself through the world. And, and, and I haven't, I don't know anybody yet that doesn't engage with other people throughout the world, at least at one point in their life. Right. So, you know, the, it, it's piety is something that can, that can grow and blossom that you, out of, out of marriage, you know, and out of family that you didn't even know that this was something that would happen. And all of a sudden you've got this new pious act that you share in as a family that grows you closer to God. And you didn't even set out for it to, to do that for you, but, but it does. And now you continue to do it because mm -hmm. it does. Right. Yeah. And that's why it becomes these, these moments of piety or, or mm -hmm. pious moments. Um, because yeah. While while sometimes we we seek them out or we set out to do them, sometimes they're they're natural and they come up organically and and we discover new ways of moving and, and having our being with God in this world. And you know, sometimes it's it's through beads and sometimes it's through crossing ourselves and, and sometimes it's just through engaging in conversations with our loved ones and mm. and piety can be so many things it's 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 a really big topic for us to try to you know to condense into such a, a short amount of time together but yeah. um this has been a, a wonderful uh short examine since you said <laughs> the word examine claire a short examine and purview of, of, of piety within the episcopal church and i think you know, it being the Episcopal Church, that's probably why piety in the Episcopal Church can be such a wide-ranging thing because it's the Episcopal Church. We're a big, we're a big tent for a lot of people, um, and they can express themselves in in many, many different ways. And and so I, I really appreciate the two of you sharing uh, a little bit about yourselves and your personal lives. And and thank you, Father Joe, for. Um, stepping in and joining our conversation today and uh, and telling us a little bit about corporate worship and, and what's that what that's like for the church so is there, is there anything you would like to add to our conversation uh, take away for people to take home with them or yeah sure I, I mean I guess I would just tell folks right piety is 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 a lot about intention mm -hmm. It's, you know, when you're doing something, whatever your act is, right? Scripture tells us, right, to pray without ceasing. And piety is a way that helps us achieve that. And so piety is all about what your intention is. And if it's about you and uh, or you as an individual or you and others as a group or a couple or whatever it is, if it's about drawing you closer to God, a habit that you can create, that, beloved, is piety. Mm -hmm. um, and the only other thing that I would just say and, and, and leave you, well, two things. Know that whatever Episcopal church you go to, right, if you, if you ever come and try us out, or if you're going to a church and ever go to a different church, pieties change, and they are different, and they are wide, and they are varying, just as you've heard here. So it's not always going to be exactly the same, and that's okay. Sometimes it's good for us to be um, shaken up a little bit, but just jump in with other folks and um, see what they have to do. And the, the, other, the last thing that I would say, and it's something that Claire said earlier, that if you're looking maybe for a new way to start an act of piety, uh, the best thing as, as a priest, as a Christian, as a person, I think that I could recommend to people is take a few moments a day and read Holy Scripture and then spend some time in silence and let the Holy Ghost work in your heart and in your mind. Uh, do it with the intention of coming to know God, whether you're a believer or a non-believer. Take some time 
struggle or, or rest in Holy Scripture, I think that's a really wonderful place to start. And remember, piety doesn't have to be a big thing. Lots of little small acts build up to something big and beautiful. So uh, thank you for having me today. I've enjoyed being here with y'all. It's been a blast. So no, that, that about sounded something like a, a mustard seed and moving mountains, right? There's something like that. Piety, <laughs> yeah. something, something like something that. like that. Claire, do you have anything you'd like to send off, send people off with today? Just give it a try. Um, small, small things become big things, and they can transform your life. Um, you know, we we oftentimes talk about living into our baptismal covenant. Um, and I oftentimes go back to the, we will support these individuals in their spiritual life and, you know, talk to folks. Um, that's part of our commitment, um, as members of the church of the body of Christ that are welcoming new members in, but also our responsibility to those of us that have been in the church for a long time, um, to support each other, to continue to live into our baptismal covenant. So just ask. (laughs) Seek. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about all things Episcopal, visit campusministry.dioswestmo.org backslash all things Episcopal. All Things Episcopal Podcast is a production of the Diocese of West Missouri in association with Resonant Media. The Lord be with you all.